0: Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes. You can hear my radio show in Chicago on 670thescore.com and actually on this app, too. So if you're already hanging out on Radio.com, you should check out my show in Chicago. If you like Chicago stuff, if you like mostly non-Chicago stuff, then this is the place for you. And this is the podcast that talks about watching the Masters. And before I bring in my guest to, to talk a little bit more about what happened this past weekend, I wanted to to let you know that I am not – I would not consider myself a golf fan. I'm not someone who goes out of his way to watch golf, to consume it. Now, that being said, I am someone who loves when money is on the table. If there is some risk that is involved in the conversation – I am here for it. I am I am here for it. and you could feel it in the air going into Sunday. So Sunday morning, I woke up and I said, you know I, I got to make sure that I'm up on what happened at the Masters. I know that Tiger is is in the hunt on this thing. I want to see if if he's going to be able to chase down Molinari, if he's going to be able to fend off guys like Brooks Kepka, all this stuff. I wanted to, to to take it in in Chicago, where I live, it started I don't even know what it is it imagine living in a slushy. That's what Sunday was like in Chicago. We lived in a slushy. there was nothing but snow and ice and sleet and all sorts of other horrible stuff that was coming down. it made the decision to stay in the house and watch the masters that much easier. It was already on my plan of things to do, but being able to see the, the lake rattle and roll to see Lake Michigan, just be angry. I was like, Hey, you know what? Let's uh, get on the couch, get a nice warm blanket and watch a little bit of golf. And it was great. I I really enjoyed, look, the Masters broadcast is really well done. You got a lot of incredible announcers who are part of that thing that that make it feel even bigger than it actually is. And then you had the story of Tiger Woods and whether or not Tiger Woods was going to be able to get that 15th major. Count me in for talk about Tiger Woods and whether or not he could come back. There were moments where I felt like when you're watching his descent physically that it seemed like unless he changed, he was never, ever going to be able to dominate at the the national or international level. That maybe he was destined for the rest of his career to just be a guy who occasionally pops up in contention for a a mid-level tournament. Clearly, he wasn't going to win any majors anymore. The idea of him chasing down Jack Nicholas, like all this stuff, like that, that was over with. That you weren't going to see him make it to 18 and then make it to 19. You were just going to see this kind of broken down player that he had turned into. It was fun watching Sunday. And I liked it because of what I was saying earlier about money being on the table. What are you going to do? What you going to do, brother? What are you going to do when that guy is locked in and he's chasing you? Tiger Woods in this regard is a little bit like a villain in a horror movie. If you're Francesco Molinari, you're like, that guy's still back there. What am I supposed to do now? Well, I can't tighten up. Oh, look, I've hit it into the water. He's getting closer now, now that I've hit it in the water. I just need to realize, oh, look, I've hit it in the water again. And then Tiger just kind of calmly walks on by you, and, and he wins his fifth green jacket. The talk about Tiger Woods is also interesting, mainly because he's, when you consider his personal life and the role that he played in destroying that personal life, and then the physical aspects that that kept him from playing golf, having all the back injuries— His issues with addiction, as he was trying to muscle through some of the pain. Surgery, all of that stuff. I am curious to see how the conversation evolves over the next couple of weeks when we're discussing Tiger Woods. It seemed like the people at Augusta, the the fans I don't I don't know about the people in charge but I'm sure those folks are real happy because if, when Tiger Woods is good everyone's watching your tournament not that people don't watch the Masters obviously they do but Tiger brings an extra element of it and I'm looking forward to seeing what the ratings were because I bet they were huge even with everything going on in the morning I think people brewed their coffee made their breakfast sat down in front of a television and enjoyed watching Tiger Woods go out there and do work on the last day of a major and to get his fifth green jacket. But I do think that there there are several conversations that we need to have, and one of them goes with the idea of what do we deem a comeback story? And once someone does come back, does that mitigate everything that led to them being in a position to have to come back? Because a lot of the problems for Tiger Woods were self-made. It's just something that I don't I don't have an answer to to this hypothetical. I'm just throwing it out there on how we approach the idea. We love the feel good of this person was down and now this person is back up again. How great it is. What a testament it is to their character. Like, Let me read you some of the the tweets from really accomplished and famous people about Tiger Woods and him getting his 15th major, which now puts him three majors behind Jack Nicklaus. Some of these are, I mean, these are luminaries. His, his, his contemporaries when it comes to this sort of stuff. Serena Williams tweeted, I am literally in tears watching Tiger Woods. This is greatness like no other. Knowing all you've been through physically to come back and do what you just did today. Wow, congrats a million times. I'm so inspired. Thank you, buddy. That's from Serena. President Barack Obama said, Congratulations, Tiger. To come back and win the Masters after all the highs and lows is a testament to excellence, grit, and determination. Tom Brady, clutch, that's it. Clutch and then a, a Tiger emoji. And we know that you know a lot of people consider Tom Brady to be the GOAT of football. So in there you have... What some people consider to be the goat of tennis in Serena. What some people consider to be the goat of presidents, although you'll get quite an argument there. And what some people consider to be the goat of football. All of them praising Tiger Woods as a champion and talking about, well, Brady didn't, but talking about him coming back and overcoming some of this stuff. It's interesting to see how the situation is, uh, how the conversation is framed. I want to talk with someone who knows golf. And I love this guy. He is a fantastic host over at Stadium Network. He knows his golf, and he uh, did very well. Very well on a, a bet with a friend for pride and matches. About Tiger Woods winning a major again. He's always had faith. This is Tyler Jacobs. All right. So, are you allowed to share with with the people listening to the podcast your bet? Have you talked about this on Sauce and Tram? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll share the bet. He just doesn't want me saying the amount.
0: Okay. All right. So, all right. Let's. But
1: I'll tell. I'll, I'll give. I'll. You know. I gave him a sum of money, and he owes me fourfold what I paid
0: him. That is so great. And the bet was that Tiger would never win a major or just the Masters.
1: No, never win a major again didn't have to be the Masters in particular, but that makes it all much sweeter.
0: So you're sitting there on your couch watching all of this today. What what was it like? What was it like for you to, to watch this final round?
1: There was not ever inevitability because of the respect I have for Francesco Molinari. He had the lead, and I thought to myself, if Tiger is going to beat Molinari in particular and hold off the rest of the field, he's going to have to do something special. He can't just shoot, you know, a 71 or 72 or and even par or something like that. He's going to have to do some special things. And in the, on the front nine, I just wanted to, like him, he said his game plan, just make it through the front nine without really losing too much ground because he's done all the damage on the back nine. And, of course, on the back nine, he starts doing all that special stuff, especially the shot on 16, right after the birdie on 15. And then brings it in the way he did with the the electricity in the air. There wasn't that inevitability until I saw the birdie on 16 when he almost had the hole in one. That's where I just started to yeah, this is gonna happen. Started tweeting, started going at sauce on texts and whatnot. Uh, Just enjoyed the moment, let it soak in because ah, it was nice. Ah, yes, it was nice.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I imagine it was really nice for Tiger uh, as well. But but let me before we like really delve into Tiger. I I wanted to know what you thought about the tournament going into Sunday, like what your feeling was about whether or not Molinari could hang on going into the final round.
1: Yeah, I did. I thought I thought Molinari was going to be tough to beat. I did not expect him to put uh, balls in the water like he did on number twelve, like he did on number fifteen. Like I thought, the guy has just proven to be ever since last year, last summer at the uh, Open Championship when he held off. Everyone on the uh, back nine, I thought, this guy's not going to beat himself. Now, it turned out he did, but he also got some great performances because the leaderboard was so stagnant with elite talent. Like, DJ got in, Shoffley, and Kapka got in at 12. Kapka had a chance to get in at 13, which if he would have made it, uh, would have uh, tied Tiger and would have been in a playoff after Tiger ended up bogeying. But bottom line is I just knew, like, and this is my contention with Tiger, even though I think he's still the best golfer in the world when he's playing his best the level of competition is so much greater than his first go around. Like there's so many more class golfers, so many more golfers that have the capability of playing their a plus game and rivaling tiger when he's just a hair off that or, or, or worse.
0: Yeah. And, and it seems as if, and I was joking about this, I'm just in, in the room when they, they talked about, Oh, well, there's tiger going to go hug his kids. Right. And then when you see him get ready to to, to walk into the clubhouse, I said, Tiger's also hugging his other kids. And what I mean by that (laughs) are all those kids that grew up watching Tiger Woods that were sitting there like in awe of him and and going, oh, the, the dude, that guy that made me pick up a golf club is now back doing the stuff that made me want to pick up a golf club.
1: Yeah, and I think that was reflective of even his peers on tour the young kids who were, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, whatever it is, the last time they saw Tiger Woods win a major championship. And then to feel that moment and that electricity in Augusta, it was palpable through the television. I'm sure it was unlike any sporting experience for the people who are lucky enough to be there. And then for the peers of Tiger on tour, the young kids, we think are the future of the sport who are inspired by his greatness all those years ago, they got to see it and feel it firsthand, too. And they were all, as you saw on Twitter, as you saw when he was walking back into the Butler Cabin afterwards, like people just, you know, in awe of like, oh, yeah, that's what it's like. And, oh, yeah, that's what this is like. And, oh, yeah, there's only one athlete in the world who can do this. And it's Tiger Woods.
0: You've been to Augusta. We had a conversation about this earlier this week. I- I'd love if you mm-hmm. could share. Like, what what is it about That place, that, like, when I brought it up, like, you got, you were like, yeah, this place is amazing. Why is it so amazing?
1: Well, as a golf fan, when we think about greatness, we think about the majors. And the only major that is played every year at the exact same course is the Masters at Augusta. So we have a familiarity, just like Tiger and all these golfers do, with the, with this, with this golf course, with the intricate details, with the beauty, with the colors, with the sounds, like everything is familiar. And I think it's signaling, you know, the optimism of spring. It's all these things that are tied into what makes it so nostalgic. And then when you go there and experience it in person, it does kind of even then exceed your expectations because the grass is even more, a more vibrant green than the TV, shows. It's manicured even more neatly and precisely than the television shows. And you get the full scope of how exactly hilly and the undulations and the TV doesn't do it justice until you're there in person. And then you just experience the traditions. Like I didn't go to a real round. I was just at practice rounds. But you see the guys try and skip the ball over the water at 16. You see the par three. You see all these things and you feel these moments that every year come around at the same time. And signal our optimism for spring. And then to have that coincide with Tiger's resurgence, his rebirth, the Phoenix rising from the ashes, another layer of optimism for what's, what can he still accomplish now at this second act in his career. He's just right behind Jack. And what's still... Competing at age forty-eight, gosh, that's five years where Tiger looks like he could be a legit contender, and who knows what he could do in five years if he's the Tiger of old. So it's all these things, and then the background and the environment of Augusta, which is so uniquely, so uniquely vibrant and familiar to us. Okay, makes it like I said, maybe the greatest sports story, and definitely comeback of our time.
0: Why do you think we're so interested in the Tiger Woods comeback story? Mm. America
1: loves a comeback. I mean, this is the guy who was the greatest. He was gonna, it was inevitable. Jack, he's going to be the second. He's going to end with the second most majors one ever. It's inevitable. And then to fall in the manner in which he did, it was like a story that can't be written in Hollywood. And then the doubt creeps. Now people are saying, he'll never do it. Tiger's hearing it. He's internalizing it. There's the stands, like me. So you know he will. Don't you doubt, Tiger. He's going to win again. And we have these fierce, intense arguments with one another, and we've we dug our claws into the dirt, our feet into the ground. I'm, I stand by my belief that Tiger will never win again, or I stand by my belief that Tiger will recapture his glory. And he is the type of athlete, uniquely singular, who can move the needle in that way. Uh, and so I think that's why, why we end up caring so much and why we, we watch this historic performance with such awe.
0: Why was he so good this weekend, and what was he good at? It was all
1: ball striking. It was
0: a ball striking
1: clinic. Like, he could have won by three or four more strokes if he had made some very makeable shorter putts throughout the entirety of the four rounds. And you think about some of the shots he left out there on Thursday, on Friday, uh, and it could have been a three-four stroke victory, a vintage Tiger lapping the field. But bottom line is he won because no one hit the ball better from tee to green, especially on the back nine, where it was easier to score. And and those crucial holes where you got to know and hit the ball better tee to green and help themselves more with either their driver or their irons in their hands in Tiger Woods. Bottom line is ball striking is why he won the tournament hands down.
0: Do you think that there was some of the, for lack of a better term, the specter of Tiger Woods, like kind of mm-hmm. over the rest of the field where it's like, oh no, like this is, this is what we always saw that, Tiger Woods is 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 lurking, and people got nervous. Like, Molinari, is it fair to say he got nervous because of the lore of Tiger Woods?
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder. I won't go so far as to say that's why Molinari put in the drink on 12 and why Molinari put in the drink and kind of stumbled, which is out of character for him. Again, he's been so rock solid, so consistent. He doesn't beat himself. That was out of character for him to beat himself today. And perhaps that was Tiger. Perhaps that was the energy he felt um, because it's nothing he could never, ever replicate before, even at the Ryder Cup, what the energy was like with Tiger on the back nine Sunday at Augusta. So maybe he succumbed to that a little bit, but um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I believe a lot of these guys, when they say they think they want to play with Tiger in those moments. They think they want that challenge because they never have. They have only seen it from the past. But I would tell them all, the young guns included, be careful what you wish for.
0: Yeah, you don't want none. You don't want none of this, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I saw a bunch of tweets, Tyler, from mm-hmm. really famous people talking about Tiger Woods. Serena Williams congratulated him. Uh, President Obama congratulated him. Tom Brady congratulated him and and they were sitting there in awe of Tiger Woods when we're talking about the greatest athletes of all time obviously Tiger Woods is going to be on the list but where do you think is it fair to put a golfer on the list of people that play verse another person in their face versus Mm -hmm. just like right there with them on the green?
1: I think it is, because when I think about the greatest athletes of all time, I think about their level of domination versus their peers, versus the people they competed against at that time. I mean, obviously, human evolution is always going to make us bigger, stronger, faster as time goes on. That's just the way it works. But relative to your peers in your time period when you participated, how dominant were you relative to the standard, to the norm, to the replacement-level player, so to speak, in baseball, Babe Ruth, the numbers he put up relative to his peers, the average of another major leader was so far out of whack. He's got to be considered that. I think Jack Nicklaus, of course, and Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. And now you start Serena Williams certainly belongs. that yep. she, you She belongs that relative to her peers at the time and relative to Tiger's peers at the time, which actually is at his greatest. And even right now we could see, again, a, a, an act two where he reels off, I mean, where he breaks Jack's record and reels off four, five, six, seven more majors at this second act in his career. Maybe this is the last one. Who knows? But I'm not betting against him to stop one, and that's my point. But when you see that level, you recognize it. You recognize that these are the greatest to ever do it, no matter what their sport is, because they dominate everyone else. Michael Phelps is another name that comes to, to mind. just dominated everyone else in the world, the best in the world. And they were so far head and shoulders above that person that you can't deny their greatness. And that's what I think of with Tiger Woods. He belongs in that conversation one of the greatest athletes of all time, despite the fact that golf is the sport in which it is, where it requires a lot of skill and not a lot of physicality, uh, as opposed to like a baseball or a football or a basketball or a soccer, whatever the case may be. But Tiger Woods can stand toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye with any of the greats across any sporting arena or sporting field, and he may actually be the greatest when all is said and done.
0: You're going to sit across from Dave Ross, our, our buddy Saucy. You're going to sit across from him, and I bet you, I bet you that he's going to make another bet, and the (laughs) next bet is, can Tiger win another major, or is he capped at 15? If I said the stakes were the same, Tyler, Mm -hmm. and I gave you Tiger Woods again, would you bet on Tiger Woods to win another major?
1: with every single dollar to my name.
0: Okay, let me let me expand on that then. Okay. We continue this argument and now the question becomes will he catch Jack Nicholas? What would you bet? I wouldn't be
1: quite as confident because now even still he's got to win 3 more to catch Jack, 4 more to beat Jack. And I look at him at age 43, and I look at Phil, age 48. And Phil is still competing at majors, and you know, especially at this one, you get to play Augusta every year. And the biggest benefit to Augusta is the experience, and no one knows Augusta like Tiger. You know, Phil is up there certainly, but no one knows and has had the level of the success that Tiger has there. So that's what five more chances, five, six more legitimate chances, just at the Masters alone, and then you add the fact that he's going to be playing another 15 majors on top of that over the next five years. You're talking about, you know, 20 majors, 20 opportunities to win just three. And you talk about Tiger, as long as his back stays healthy and holds up, he's got to go three out of 20 over the next five years. I like my odds. So I-, I put some money on it. I'm not saying for certain. I'm not certain like I was certain. I-, I knew with every fiber of my being that he'd win another major. majors. All right. I'm not that confident in 19 or even 18. Well, 19 uh, my next question, Tyler. 19 he'll, he'll get to 16 he'll get the 16 i know that he'll get the 16 and it's going to be close getting to 18 but if i had a bet gun to my head yes he surpasses jack wow 19, yes yes he does he does it
0: is there any story outside of tiger that we need to take a look at from the masters
1: <sighs> wow that um really good question um, I think the one that's going to be focused on most is Molinari showing that he's a little bit human because he had been so impressive. Um, other, I mean, Phil being able to contend, but I think this Masters is going to be remembered not just because Tiger won it, but because the quality of the of the the quality and caliber of the golfer that was there on that final page of the leaderboard throughout the weekend. You never had a, a time throughout the weekend and, and Sunday included where it wasn't like every golfer that you were watching their shots because it impacted the top of the leaderboard. They were known, established, quality, world class, major champion, Ryder Cup talent caliber golfers, and that's what made it so fun because Tiger didn't just beat hacks. He didn't beat you know a bunch of Sunday schmoes to you know reclaim a spot atop the mountain. He beat the best in the world who were playing at the best that they can.
0: Tyler, I appreciate you jumping on my podcast and giving me all the golf information. Congratulations on your winning, sir. That is fantastic.
1: Thank you. It is going to be a gloriously satisfying saucy sham when I sit down across from Dave Ross and collect uh, my bets. He owes me four times what I paid him many moons ago when I was sure that Tiger Woods is going to win a major, and here we are. The 2019 Masters, the fifth in Tiger's career, his green jacket is the 15th major, and I'm sure that felt as good as it felt for Tiger to slide into that 42 long. It's going to feel equally as good for me to collect that check from Sauce tomorrow and laugh in his
0: face. Did Did he at least try to hedge? Like maybe no, maybe dude, on Friday I, go listen? I'll give you two times right now, or what?
1: No, no, no. He he, he wouldn't hedge, and I wouldn't give him the opportunity. Ah. If he asked the heads, I'd say, no, sir. No, sir, you dug this hole. You dug this hole for yourself, and now you'll pay the price.
0: For people who want to watch Sauce and Tram, when and where can they watch it?
1: Sauce and Tram, every Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Watchstadium.com slash live is where you can find a list of platforms that you use to watch TV, and that's where you'll find uh sauce and shrimp. But watchstadium.com/slash live is the easiest, or download the stadium app in the app store.
0: Tyler, thank you. Enjoy all of the matches that you're you're gonna get from Dave Ross. <laughs> all oh, those yeah, matches for a
1: lot of golf this summer. Uh, yes, a lot of my, my green speeds are gonna be taken care of. Thanks, you, Tyler. You
0: are, are set, my man. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much for doing this. No problem, Lord. That is. Is Tyler Jacobs. I love Tyler. He is uh <laughs> he is he's done well. So if you didn't catch that, he and his his partner on stadium made a bet. And let's just say, all right, let's just say um let's do use one dollar. His partner bet him that if Tiger Woods didn't win a major throughout the rest of his career that Tyler would pay this person $1 and Tyler Tyler already paid him said, here's the dollar. But if Tiger Woods wins a major between now and retirement, then you have to pay me $4 and Dave Ross now has to pay $4 It's really good stuff. I'm glad you got to hear part of that conversation. I'm sure you enjoyed the Masters. I hope you enjoyed Tyler's viewpoint on the subject. Thanks for listening to Loho Daily. I think we'll have more Tiger Woods stuff coming up this week. I think it's that big of a story that we'll end up discussing it multiple times. Thanks for listening today.